When my daughter was 19 and 20, we would get into these really ugly fights, like very ugly, screaming, yelling over each other, crying, just absolutely awful fights. And she would say to me, Mom, stop counseling me. And now she says, Mom, stop coaching me. And I had simultaneous thoughts going. And I remember thinking, oh my God, I have advanced degrees in human behavior. I have experience working with people in change work. I've done my own work. How am I in a situation where it's ugly? And then I'm thinking, why doesn't she listen to me? I know how to fix her. I know how to make things better. Why doesn't she listen to me? And at the same time, the words are going out of my mouth that are basically trying to get her to stop talking and listen to me. I'm always trying to figure things out, especially what I do. And so I started kind of putting things together. When she was 17 at the end of her senior year, she had her first boyfriend and she was really happy. I had just lost Jim and I was devastated. It was like someone had taken a shovel, actually a pair of shovels, and stabbed me in the chest and just ripped out my heart. I was in so much pain. And I remember looking at her being so happy and being so envious of how at that age she could be happy and at that age I wasn't. And so it started dawning on me then that her happiness and the pain I was feeling were the side effect of me changing the next generation. I broke the cycle. I think it's important for every parent to be different than what they had growing up. And I really made a huge effort to do that. The pain that I was experiencing, seeing my daughter having a different life than me, I remember thinking, I wish that I had raised me. And I said to myself, wow, this is why generations don't change. It hurts too much. And we just want to feel good. We don't want to hurt. And so it's easier, less painful to keep the status quo than it is to provide something that we never got. So anyway, fast forward to, you know, when she's 19 and 20 and I'm having fights with her and I'm just trying to convince her that she needs to listen to me. When I was 25, I was on the phone with my mom crying about a relationship I was in. And my mother said, you better go take some Lidol before you drive him away. <laughs> There's another podcast on that one, by the way. It's called Midol Part 1. That's why this is called Midol Part 2. Anyway, I realized that my mom was unable to hear my pain. I started really putting all this to me and saying, what is going on here? And I realized that I was doing to my daughter what my mom was doing to me. 
And so I just started using the term my dolling. Basically, you're stopping someone's pain. That's what my doll does, right? It stops your pain, stops your menstrual cramps and the moodiness. And that's what, what my mom wanted to stop. So I realized that I was my dolling my daughter. If I could just get her to shut up, I wouldn't be in pain anymore. What a, a, a mind-blowing, kind of embarrassing thing to recognize that I was doing everything I could to convince her of something, to stop her from doing something, to not want to hear what she had to say, even though she was right. My daughter is brilliant. She is passionate. She fights for the underdog. And she was right. I look back and I, I tell her, I said, yeah, you know, I did a lot of changing. I went kicking and screaming through it, but she never gave up on me. She never gave up on helping me evolve. Anyway, the point is, as we were going through this, though, it was painful for me to experience what she was making me see in myself that I didn't want to see. I was feeling inadequate because here I am, the you know educated professional, working with people doing this stuff, and you know, you know how can you possibly not think that I'm something that you want to listen to? And all that stuff is flying around. My mother used to always say, no one can make you feel anything you don't want to feel. And I just kept thinking, that's crap. And then, you know, even through my degrees, they didn't want you saying, well, how does that make you feel? <laughs> and they would shut that down. Like in my, in my, um, uh, when we would do like these practicals where we would actually do either real or uh, mock counseling sessions, we would get docked if we used the phrase, how does that make you feel? But you know, that's the key. And that's what I learned when I started doing the neuro-linguistic programming, the NLP. It's the see, hear, feel. There's a book called The Body Keeps the Score, and it's called that for a reason, because the body tells the truth. And I joke with people and I say, listen, if your brain can't get you to recognize it, your body's going to scream at you. And so when we have situations where we feel pain, we really want the other person to stop what they're doing because it causes us distress and pain and we just want them to stop so that's what i was doing to my daughter i was figuratively my darling my daughter here take this pill so i don't have to suffer through what i'm experiencing in your pain and my pain and the whole big soup vat of ugly pain and so anyway the takeaway from this it's really important to stop take a deep breath reset your nervous system reset the survivor brain the limbic system that's always on the alert especially for people who survive traumas take some deep breaths and allow yourself to see hear and feel and i stack them on purpose because you don't know what's going to come up 
You don't know if you're going to get a visual, if you're going to get an auditory, which would be sounds or voices or internal dialogue, or if you're going to feel something in your body. So I learned that I needed to break state, which means I need to reset my nervous system by moving my body, drinking some water, taking some good breaths, and noticing what was happening inside me. So after I recognized all this, I had the opportunity to put this into practice. We were in the car and she just started ranting. And let me tell you, when she's ranting though, she's valid. Her thoughts and her concerns are valid. Um, so when I use ranting, I just, I use it kind of like in a, a way so you understand what it was kind of like going on at the moment. But she was really real and it was really right. So anyway, I'm in the car and I am aware now. So I take a deep breath and I noticed I have anxiety racing around my body. And so I'm paying attention to what I'm doing and I do my clearing, which I use for the the Emerge model, which is part of NLP. And I clear it out. And if you ever want to know what that is, just, hey, listen, call me and I'll explain it to you. It's a really easy way of being able to shift the emotions and shift the feelings and clear things out. Uh, Anyway, so I'm in the car and I did that and I let it go. Take a deep breath. And I said, wow, holy crow. I, I could hear this happening and not be affected by it. What a gift that was for her. What a gift it was to myself to be able to be in a situation and not feel like I had to mind all my daughter. So my awareness worked and I was doing really good. I just really wasn't reacting anymore because I was clearing things out. Well, about a month ago, maybe two weeks ago, we had a big raging fight again. And I was thinking to myself, oh my God, did I not learn Because I was back to my darling again, and I was back to being in my huge state of anxiety. And it was, it was ugly. And anyway, after it settled down, um, and you know, when we get into these, we would get into these fights, neither of us wanted to be there. And we always felt such remorse from it because my daughter and I love each other. I have a great relationship with my kids and I'm just so blessed by them. I, what a gift. What a gift. Anyway, so after it was over, uh, we came to really process it. And my oldest said, you know, we were all like, wow, this hasn't happened in a while. And so my oldest went and looked at her calendar and it had been about nine months since we had had any kind of um, conflict. And I was so proud of all of us. I was so proud of myself because I'm working really hard to be owning my my shit, owning my behavior and recognizing when I'm mind-alling somebody. Am I just trying to get you to shut up? Am I feeling insecure? Am I feeling um, less than? Or am I feeling like you should listen to me? Which none of that's healthy. And so I was so grateful to be able to put all this together and nine months that's amazing 
that's growth. That is the proof of growth. And so anyway, I thank my mom for that whole better take some light all before you drive him away. By the way, I ended up marrying him. Go listen to that podcast. Um, but you know what? There is beauty and learning in everything we do. And so when you're out there in your life and you're noticing arguments, tension, someone cuts you off, ooh, you know, when, when someone cuts you off and you get really mad, that's, that's something that's coming from the outside where you want to teach them a lesson or, or whatever. Anyway, I digress on that one. The point is, when we have those incidents where we are out of control and we have anger and we just want the other person to behave and to stop and to listen to us, just take a deep breath. Take a few deep breaths if you have to and allow your nervous system to reset itself and just listen to your body and listen to what you're feeling. See, hear, feel, notice what's going on with you. Chances are there's some mind going on either by you or the person you're in the argument with. Anyway, thanks for listening here. Um, hopefully this gives somebody some good information. Hopefully my experience can save somebody else some, ooh, some pretty ugly fights. Because wouldn't it be nice if we just stopped fighting in the world? And hopefully, you know, yeah, just wanted to share that with you. So thanks for listening and stick around because there's going to be more where I share my life and how I learn from my life. And hopefully people will gain some great perspective from it. So you all take care until the next time. This is Helen from Getting Past Survivor. Because <laughs> you know what? Being in survivor mode, that's crap. We want to get to the other side where we live and love and grow and have happiness. Woo-hoo.